We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson... Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. We're rolling right along into hour three. Lori and Julia here on My Talk 1071 Everything Entertainment. We're streaming at MyTalk1071.com, also on the My Talk app. And if you listen on the website or the app, you should be registered with MyTalk 1071's List of Rewards this month in August. You have a chance to win $500 from AARP or a year's worth of Royal Cannon cat food thanks to Minnesota Animal Health Foundation. See all the prizes and List of Rewards on our app or at MyTalk1071.com. You can win those just by hanging out with us right here, right now. What are we talking about? Talking about We're talking about music and we're going to start with Elvis. Surprise, surprise, surprise. <laughs> It isn't the date of the anniversary. No, no, Julia, it is not the date. But uh, it is. It is. It is the it month. Is the, it is, it the, is month. the month. It is the month. True. Mm-hmm. So, Elvis, uh, you were talking earlier about how, like, if if you did have any discretionary money to spend, that this is a time where you can. There are a lot of good deals on high-end things and luxuries there's just you know like anyway so uh if we had been really if we'd ever had this kind of money and we remember how we always wanted to buy memorabilia always and if we ever would have acted on anything anything well so elvis presley's 1942 it's it's a martin d18 guitar but basically it's the guitar that elvis in the two years he owned it he recorded that's all right mama blue moon of kentucky Good Rockin' Tonight, so it's, er, you know, early Elvis, recorded at Sun Sessions. It was expected to sell for 2 to $3 million last year when they knew it was going to come up. But now in the time of COVID, even in in memorabilia, but it still set a record. This is the single biggest uh, thing that, uh, most expensive Elvis memorabilia. It sold for 1.32. Wow. So someone got when when things get back to whatever it is and you know when whatever it will be. Whatever it will be. <laughs> maybe this is a, a young Bitcoin person sure. who bought this and they're gonna hang on to this guitar for twenty years, but Jeez. that's gonna do nothing but go up. Oh yeah. That, they what? really thought it would sell for three million and sold for one point three. And it still set a record for sure. Elvis memorabilia on, you know. In the year of COVID. In the year of COVID. But it's, uh, it's his, they call it the Sun Sessions guitar. And he bought it at OK Hoax Piano Store in okay. downtown <laughs> Memphis, you know, in 1954. So uh, anyway, it really is like an unbelievable piece of rock and roll history that someone got for really a deal. A, a deal. 
A deal and a half. Okay, so this is um, this from the Today Show. This we'd wait all the way to the end of the uh, show, but I was so glad because I've kind of been wondering when one of the morning shows would do something on Save Our Stages, um, which Amy Klobuchar yes. and uh, it's a it's a bipartisan bill. John Senator John Cornyn, because I they're working on this whole thing. It's in one of the bills, but. We need for money because that original big burst of money that they put back in the economy was just to keep payroll. So all the little clubs, the Troubadour, you know, the uh, Turf Club, the Fine Line, um, you know, the Bunkers, the the Caboose, all these places. And then you multiply those times all these other cities. They weren't eligible for any of that money. Right. And so Klobuchar and this Cornyn um, introduced money and so this i've just been waiting for someone to do a story i was kind of yeah well we had the surprise that they're heading i mean i saw cbs sunday morning you know they talked i think that's how we even knew about it they had an interview and dana frank uh, who started this at from first avenue they had a little story but it it didn't get any traction all right let's listen and so yeah here we go their story started in a small music hall in new york city cbgb David Byrne was the Talking Heads founder and front man. One of the things that CBGB's did, they would welcome acts that didn't have record labels and promotion and marketing and all that kind of stuff, and yet you could perform your own material. That was a huge thing then. Byrne hasn't forgotten where he came from. He's lending his voice to the cause of saving small music venues at risk of closing for good because of the coronavirus pandemic. I see these smaller venues as being essential in that chain of venues that keeps the whole system healthy. Byrne says that right now, during the pandemic, the audience is missing that unifying experience. Experiencing something together with other people and kind of reacting at the same time. We miss that. Sadly, I think it's going to be a while before that really comes back. And mm-hmm. is there one more cut? Two more okay, cuts. two more because what he said was interesting in what we had talked about the wild earlier today yes. about the salmon in Bristol and that whole environment is crystal clear and it, it's in one of these cuts. It is kind of incredible if you think about music venues and how they are a tributary in our society. And, and our culture, and in our yes, culture, 100%. and that it is this—it is this very pure thing, which f- everything goes into the next. So, I—I I think they might say that in this next thing. Byrne and hundreds of other big-name performers signed a letter to Congress on behalf of the National Independent Venue Association, or NEVA. A survey of NEVA's more than 2,000 members found 90% of them say they will close permanently without federal assistance. Earlier support 90. programs have not helped. Wow because they were tied to payroll. And if there are no concerts, there's no work. That's painfully obvious outside the bitter end in New York City's Greenwich Village, where you can still see flyers for upcoming shows in March that never happened. A moment frozen in time. Paul Rizzo is the owner. We've been here for 60 years. You know, we went through 9-11 and we went through disco. This is very different because <laughs> it's everywhere. It's a global thing. And let's just play the last thing, because this might be where the guy from the Vidoran makes the distinction of what a club does, even if it's a small, like his, the Vidoran in New York holds like 250 people, but all the businesses around the Vidoran, 
that have the advantage of the people that are coming to the show. You know how it just brings in the business. All right, here we go. Some greats who grace this small stage include Bob Dylan, Joan Baez, Etta James. In recent years, it's been a launching pad for new talent, including a teenager named Stephanie Germanata in 2005. Lady Gaga and returned to play the bitter end in 2016. She's among those who signed that letter urging Congress to help small venues. It's not just the music halls that are suffering. Rizzo says his venue is a destination that helps surrounding businesses. For the 75 people that show up for my show at 7 o'clock, let's say, by 8, 30, 9 o'clock, they're done and they're filtering out and they're going to the restaurant across the street or they're going to the pizza place on the way home. So they're feeding the local economy. Rizzo and other owners are not sitting idle. There's going to be one table here of six, and six feet away, there's going to be one table here of six. He's got a plan. Under socially distanced guidelines, he can host 65 people. Normally, it's 230. Maybe enough to keep the bitter end from meeting an ironic fate. Right, so, okay. I, because when you think about it, I was just shocked. 90% of that, I think of every... You know, great town. I mean, I can think of places in Duluth and everywhere you go, there are like these great music iconic places, places to see music. Yeah, that ninety percent that we we would not be able to get that back. That's what I was trying to say about the yes. salmon. I worry that we'd never reseed that, regrow yes. that, that it would be gone forever. Yes. So, I I really hope that you know they are thinking about America first. Think about the people, and then. But think about some of the businesses that are, we gave money to airlines because we can't have airlines go out of business. But a lot of that first loan thing was around payroll. And of course, clubs could not keep bouncers and right, right, all right. those people. It would have been impossible. There mm-hmm. would be no point in it. Um, they need now help. So anyway, I, I hopefully that's a big piece of that. I hope so. You know? Because you just think of all of our artists, our actors, our musicians, mm-hmm. the and venues, you know, like when and you think the, of the Chanhassen, think of the Ordway, think of the Orpheum. And they have had some success at the Chanhassen, the way they're socially yeah. distancing, and then Mick Sterling is having some with his Burnsville relief sessions, which are outside, and crooners. And, I mean, I think that, you know, uh, the number one thing that inside places people will ask them about is what kind of ventilation they got going sure. on. Sure. Because we know it's airborne. Yep. You know, so that's the that's the big thing. And then if you remember that suit I showed you about three or four months ago, right when we started this, the new suit to wear to a concert. Yes. It's not that far off. Right. I know. (laughs) We're like, oh, please, that looks horrible. And I'm like, ah Yeah. You know? But I mean, would you guys think I mean, here's the thing, I guess if you felt like you you go you made the decision for yourself, you could go inside somewhere and see uh, go and see some music. Yes, yes. Um, because they have to have less people that they just charge more. Well, does that seem unfair though? Mm-hmm. Not, not at this no, point. No, because this point. seems unfair. No, because if you're going live in person right now to something like that, you're going because you want to go, but also because you want to keep those places alive. Right. Yeah, okay. And then that's how. All right. Good. Okay. Well, then I hope somebody's listening and they realize they can, you know, just maybe just charge more. Yeah. I don't think I think people and then everyone wears their mask. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't be at all surprised if some of these places have been working on 
painting, upgrading, fixing, if they had oh, money right. to do it or they right. help people to volunteer and working on projects like that during, you know, how you sure. do. I'm closing up everything. Well, I might as well remodel. So I, I just wonder if that's been happening with some places. Let's hope, Laura. Yeah, let's hope. So we'll find out about that. All right, we didn't even get to the whole Ellen thing. That's so okay. I think, we can take I a day think, off. I think no, no. Holly has got to bring oh, us that. We can't take a day off. Julia, there it's is juicy. So, I know it's too juicy. I know. All right, we'll be right back. This is a my talk dirt alert. All right, Holly. Where are we going? Well, before we get to the Ellen gossip today, let's start with some royal drama not concerning anyone of the British royal family, or at least that we know of yet. So, Spain's former king, Juan Carlos I, has left the country of Spain amid scrutiny that he alleged finance of of his alleged financial dealings. Excuse me. So Juan Carlos wrote a letter to his son, King Felipe VI, that he made the decision to leave, quote, in the face of the public repercussions that certain past events of my private life okay. are generating. This is also known okay. as forced exile. Your king, your son yes. has just told you, Dad, you need to flee the country. I can't keep you out of jail. Is that what this means? It could very well mean that. So a royal household (laughs) spokesperson told CNN after the publication of the letter today that Juan Carlos had already left. So he already went out, but he has not revealed where he has gone. He just said, peace out. I'm going away. So his lawyer told CNN that Juan Carlos's move out of Spain was imminent insisting he didn't know where the former king was headed. So even his attorney... Whatever country doesn't doesn't have extradition with Spain. Exactly. So uh, word on the street is that the alleged financial dealings of the former king, uh, even before he abdicated in 2014, were under some scrutiny. And his son has been trying to distance himself from his dad, but... Well, the dad resigned mm-hmm. in disgrace because they knew that there was oh, so much my. bad stuff right. on him. Right. That, that he was getting kickbacks from the Saudis. Good. <laughs> Always the Saudis. I mean, they I, got all that money. They do the have all that money. Wow. Yeah. So in 2014, Juan Carlos abdicated under a cloud of financial scandal and criticism <gasps> of his elephant hunting trip to Botswana during Spain's financial crisis in 2012. Mm-hmm. So he was like, y'all are suffering. Austerity measures, ha, I'm going on an elephant hunting trip to Botswana while you all suffer. Yeah. You know who's glad about this is uh, Prince Andrew, because this weekend <laughs> it came out in one of the depositions oh, no. that got unsealed. Oh. Randy Andy, he loved, he liked toe action. He liked sucking on women's toes and licking between to the toes. This. That is, yeah, because it explains Fergie yeah. getting her toes sucked off on the south of France. We took all we brought them to our land an endless night ember hot and icy cold the rage of the earth we made this curse carved it in the blood on our backs we did not see we could not but she did and in the end what will i become senwa saga hellblade 2 play it now with game pass and so that's shocked and scandalized the royal family. And Prince Philip still won't speak to Sarah Ferguson because her feet were in that American's man's mouth. The Texas, the Texas oil man so was sucking her feet. So finding this out about Randy, he taught, 
He taught Fergie. He liked in he, between the toes. He is did. what we have he learned t- about he Prince Andrew. Taught her toe pleasure. Mm-hmm. Oh, I am. I'm yeah. having a hard time looking at yeah, you right I know. now. <laughs> I'm having a hard time. So Andy, Randy, Andy is glad that abdication and exile and bribes <laughs> with another royal is just taking some of the Toff's gossip off of him. All right, fine. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to look at the exact. Uh, oh, here's the quote from the deposition that we learned about Prince Andrew. Mm-hmm. Quote, this is from Virginia Guffrey. Mm-hmm. Quote, he loved my feet and even licked between my toes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I do. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Julie, <laughs> when people say it, have a toe. Say, say it one more time. Yeah. Oh, okay. Quote, he loved my feet and even licked in between my toes. Mm. Yeah. So that's going for the jam. Yeah. Holly, that's I mean, that's It really good. is. Now I just want to go back to and that Virginia Guffrey this week, yesterday or this weekend, she tweeted a picture of herself by a pool and said, just sitting outside, taking some time to de-stress after you and your lawyer shenanigans. Like the view, if you didn't abuse thousands of minors, you would not be staring at your toilet as a piece of artwork. Wow. Hello, nine one one. I'd like to call. <laughs> I'd like to report a burn. Hello. Oh, no, I want to. That's st- Virginia Giffrey yesterday. Oh, so I am mm-hmm. here for her. Yes. Yes. No, yeah. I do want to circle back okay. about King Juan Carlos. Yes. yes, Lori, you're right. Swiss prosecutors are currently examining documents that mm-hmm. allege Juan Carlos may have received one hundred million dollars from Saudi Arabia's king in two thousand eight. So that's like right when the financial crisis Jeez. really started to get severe. Now the officials said that the hypothesis is that the money may have been related to a contract for a Spanish consortium's construction of a high-speed train Medin, between Medina and Mecca in Saudi Arabia. The Attorney General's office in Spain said in a statement in June that a Supreme Court investigation was focused on the high-speed rail project in Saudi Arabia and that Juan Carlos's name had come up in the case. Mm-mm-mm-mm. I mean, he could be in hiding from other people, too. Who the hell knows? What a dilemma for your... <laughs> royally abdicated former king of Spain. I would hate to be his son right well, now. What a mess. Quote, he loved my feet and even licked between my toes. <laughs> toes. <laughs> I'm just so... <laughs> oh, so we'll move on from... from uh, none of us have no. been with anyone who's been a toe I, licker. You and I have had toe conversations. Yeah, I, know, I but believe I'm just someone like drawing on their toes. Yeah. Yes. yes. And this is not meant to... Shame a anyone blow. who is a toe, no, lover. A toe lover. blow is you a common blow. thing. A toe blow, those happen. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. There's so, a lot of nerve endings down there. Yes, if you there. can get past the whole, you look so weird with my big toe in your mouth. Okay. <laughs> that's that's really the biggest problem. As someone who experiences, yes. I'm going to tell you, it is really hard not to start laughing because A, it's ticklish. Yeah. It's very ticklish. Yeah. And then, but Virginia Giffrey, in all seriousness, she had to pretend like she thought it was hot. Exactly. Ugh. Which would yeah. just be the worst. Ugh. I mean, if you're with someone that you like, and when they do that, I mean, I guarantee you, you're going to bust out laughing. Now we're getting into sex territory, but still. Well, it's we, Monday. It is. It, it is. We've yeah. got three minutes before we okay. go back into that territory. Right. So let's talk about the story that Julia didn't want to talk about okay. today. That is all the gossip around Ellen DeGeneres. So I can give you some of the latest. Over the weekend, 
There was a rumor, and I don't even know where... Oh, the rumor started at the Sun tabloid. That oh. J- exactly. Yeah. So it doesn't have any veracity that they were saying that James Corden was in talks or being rumored to replace Ellen DeGeneres. Now, I'm, t- I'm here to tell you that that's not the case because that's mm-hmm. not how the Ellen DeGeneres show works. It's not like the Late Late Show, which was right. a, a standing show that has had a series of guests over the course right. of years. The Ellen DeGeneres show is just its own thing. And yeah. this afternoon, Portia de Rossi posted on her Instagram account, I stand by Ellen. And you know what? Yeah. I, I absolutely cannot stand that she did this. I think it is... It is it was a stupid thing for her to do because if you look at the Instagram, like it's almost even like they're co-opting Black Lives Matter. Oh, it does. Yeah, it. You're. Yeah. Um, well, and it looks like the aesthetic of a lot of activism Instagram yes. accounts sharing important information on I important stand, topics. Hashtag I stand by Ellen. Be kind to one another. It smacks of this is so true that now they're coming up with this concerted campaign complete with her own ribbon or and logo logo and, yeah it's, I, it was just it was Portia should have just kept quiet her friend nacho figuera the polo player yes. he spoke up and he said she's just absolutely wonderful but if it, there's when you look at the when you read the buzzfeed story the thing is this isn't the first time allegations have been made. The workplace thing is being looked into because of complaints yes, specifically it is. about Ellen. And also, one of the things that she picks on a new person every day when they have group barbecues, they can't barbecue meat. She polices what people can order, and she's not afraid to fire people. And she's just, anyway, they just let, they should have just let the investigation go and let all, everything calm down. But Portia doing this, I feel like backfire. Yeah, not not a good look. And not it seems look. like they're trying to blame all the gossip on quote unquote bots. But we have legitimate people going on the record with legitimate complaints. Yeah, yeah. So it didn't work to blame all the producers. No. Now she's got the, I don't know, it just gave me a bad feeling. <sighs> yeah, kind of like Ellen put it up, her up to it. Yeah, right. Oh. I don't know. All right, well. Let's talk about Let's talk about sex for now. Yeah, like we talked about sex all day. I almost didn't come to work today because they had a sexy workman in my front yard. Jeez. Just your husband. I know. You're nice to let me go on. About I, it. But we have sex has been sprinkled in the show today quite a bit. Yes, it has. You know? Yes, it has. All right, what do we know? All right, what do we know? Well, I don't know if we... Can, I don't know. I don't know if I, I guess I'm going to talk about this advice and see yeah, if I agree, agree with, with it, it? <laughs> while I talk about it. Okay. So um, this is coming to us down under. There's a relationship expert um, like Lulu, the love guru, the book we're reading that's love, on in a couple of days. I love this book. Yeah. Um, but, you know, this woman, Jana Hawking, if you're from Sydney, Sydney, Australia, you probably know she is, maybe not. She is. Uh, <laughs> you know who you are. The one maybe, person out there. Maybe in the she's world. like a Patty Stanger. Oh, you know, sure. a millionaire matchmaker, matchmaker that from a few years ago. Right. Okay. Anyway, but she's. Uh, here's what her advice is. Now, I'm going to say that a relationship expert. You know, it just depends on what 
years, two years starting. Like, I know that a 35-year-old relationship expert can say she can help everybody of all ages, but... Right. You know, it's relative. I'm going to help people 50 plus. It's relative. Okay. Anyway, she says uh, you shouldn't date men in their 30s. She thinks the majority of guys, her, her theory is the majority of dudes who are single in their 30s are single because commitment issues. I don't think so anymore. So but she on. recommends okay. dating divorced guys in their late 30s into their 40s because at least they've shown they can commit, quote unquote, for a certain amount of okay, time. Okay, here's why I like it and here's why I don't. Okay. Are we ready? Mm-hmm. Okay, so the reason I would like that is I think when someone gets divorced, they have to take a look at themselves. We're not well, talking about well, that. Well, I'm just thinking that person would be more... And men are least likely to be looking at them inward. At the, the, All right, well, the kids. Here's what, young for here's these what days. Here's what happens with a, most men. I mean, I don't know what the statistics are, but at least the hetero dudes, man, they... they they get into the next the next right thing right away. Yep. They're like a caveman without uh, f- access to fire and water and buffalo meat. I mean, they've got to get with a, a woman. And so they really buckle. They, they get a second wife buckle bunny real quick. And then that doesn't always work out. Well, but. Holly, you're in your 30s. Mm-hmm. Yes, Why, I How am. about if you answer this? Okay, so I'm kind of with you, Lori, where... Yeah, I've actually never dated anyone in my th- that is in their 30s. So I've, mm-hmm. I I just kind of missed that window. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one of the things is like if you're dating a divorced guy of anything, you got to beware because they come they come with, with stuff. Baggage. Yeah. They come with baggage. Yeah. It could they be, might have two little feet. It, exactly. Or four. It, yes. Or they might not have any. Some of the lucky right? ones are the divorced ones with no kids. They're like the gold standard of, <laughs> of divorced. <laughs> We're out of the, home. We're out of the home. Yeah, but like, okay, you know, they might have some relationship maturity, mm-hmm. but then there's also all the other stuff that comes along with it. And you just have to be accepting of it or yeah. not. And then also too, I feel like standards have changed. You know, to your point, Julia, 30 is, uh, what does it even mean anymore? It doesn't well, mean here's, anything. Here's what she's saying. She's probably talking about w- towards straight women who are looking for a man to get married. Yeah. Too. That's what I think is the part of the story that's being left out. I think you should bang men in their 30s and then the ones if you're looking for, you know, someone to get married to, look for someone your age, whatever age it is, but um yeah, maybe skip like people who are 32 to 38 and they've never, never been married seri- or never had a serious relationship. Serious relationship. They've just been, yeah. you know, here and there. Or let's say even, yeah. You wonder what's wrong with them. What's wrong with you? I would totally. You're a great guy. How has a woman not been able to drag you down <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and make you settle down for a bit? You know, you don't under, you're baffled by this right. guy. And for good reason. Why? They might be a little, what I call icy. They present as if they're very warm, but they're very protective about their heart because they're always looking, looking, looking. Looking around the next corner. There's got to be something better. And I don't think they're not looking just because they're looking at you. They're still looking through you. They have eyes in the back of their head. That's Just right. Like I and they got, they got the ice going on. I see so that's, around the heart. That's, I think that's who she was speaking to. Okay. Women who are looking to get married. Yeah. Or being a, you know, have a significant relationship. But, um, so, 
I, I'm glad I can explain that. What did we learn? Uh, well, Holly posted this, and okay. Tony Braxton, um, she took to social media, you know, just like to help her sister Tamar out. Yes. With some of the stuff. She's like, don't don't worry, sister. I got you. I, mean, I got a great idea for Insta. And she went on Insta and she gave us two amazing things. She contours before foundation and she uses a vibrator as one of those oh. fancy face things to, mas- to massage your muscles. To mas- this is my favorite. Mm-hmm. She calls it a face tingler. A yeah. face tingler. And well, you know, that is that's out there in the... In the skincare department, there are these vibrating things, and they really, some of them charge outrageous amounts of money. So I appreciate Tony just giving us a nice... A double like, use. A double use, because this one looks very washable. Yes, it did. You know? It did, Laura. I saw it. Washable material. Mm-hmm. Okay, but wait a second, wait a second, yeah. wait a second. So, so she's do you remember... Okay, so I wish we... I had a vibrator with me today. I would turn it on. Do we have a vibrator sound? Okay, because do you remember when Mm -hmm. we were watching? There's this new machine that the Beverly Hills Housewives go into a doctor's sculpt. Okay, all it is doing, it seems like, is exercising your fanny bite with vibrations. Yeah, but it's got to have some kind of a laser, and it's going down. I don't know. I mean, it's just tightening your muscles. Google M sculpt if you want right now, but that's not. We're talking about. I'm thinking M sculpt for your face with the vibrator. I'm wondering if it does the same thing. That was all I was going to. Well, no, no, because remember the face. You're going to get laser. You're going down. You got to go down through the dermis. Think back to biology, Julia. Think back. Remember when (laughs) the biology of skin. Yes. I mean, doesn't doesn't everybody remember like one or two? It builds muscles, the M-Sculpt The M-Sculpt? Yeah. Okay, so I'm all for laying on a table and Same. having my muscles massaged into muscles. Regardless of your age, muscles. Even though I don't believe it. It can't be true. It's a version of the, you know, the... High-intensity electromagnetic therapy produces one Well, It's a, like the version of the, you know, I mean, I just feel like it's BS, Holly. No, Let's it, ask Dr. Crutchfield. I was going to say, neither. Uh, we are not doctors on this program. Yeah. Nor do we pretend to be. Okay, now let's get to what I really wanted to talk Please. about today. And that is that... Um, Remember I talked to a few, maybe it was a few months ago, who knows, it's all so muddy right now, but about the orgasm gap. I feel like it was this yes, year yes, that yes, we yes, talked yes, about yes. it. Yes, it was this year. That, you know, we're just, women can't catch a break. We earn less than dudes for the same role, have less of a chance being promoted. And then we have the damn orgasm gap. Julia? Damn the gap. Damn, mind the gap. Mind the gap. And damn the gap. This, I just thought it was interesting. The International Academy of Sex Research validated the orgasm gap by publishing and announcing what could be on the study of duh, that men, heterosexual men, usually or almost always, so 95%, orgasm. Whereas well, women, yeah. it is 65%. Oh, it's good to be a man. Her, look at that <laughs> orgasm gap. Anyway, and the orgasm gap has become bigger, of course, in the time of COVID. Because the single people are, are having orgasms with themselves. That's but right. I don't know that it's gotten well, bigger. No, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, they said 78% of women said they're having trouble or not having trouble, but they're 
they're they're they're having orgasms less frequently, Julia. Well, that's on them. Well, I mean, you should be able to know your body to be able to get off. Well, Julia, don't you agree? One in five women claim their partners are unaware of how to push the right buttons. I thought we were talking about COVID people, but now we've switched back to partners. No, it's anybody. But even you know, like how easy it is for you to say to somebody, you know, too hard, too light. You know what I mean? People are very. You gotta, Sometimes. you gotta advocate for yeah. yourself. You gotta. So that makes it more difficult for people to. Why orgasm. am I feeling shy today? I don't know. Because here's the thing: the orgasm gap is due. I'm gonna just lay it out in clear language. Please, this is really. Be scared, everybody. My eyes are ro- rolling backward. I go, what? What is it? The doing? orgasm gap is due to people thinking. That orgasm is achieved through penetration. Oh, myths, man. While penetrative sex can lead to orgasm for some women, most women need or want or demand or would like oral sex. Okay? So that is the myth. That's the porn myth. It's the myth all over the place. It's the myth with women themselves. So that is... That's it. There's this belief, but that just by oh sitting but on so your lovely package so is just is enough that? to make me feel the tingles all but over. But I feel like that's on the women. Then speak up. That's right. That's it, on it, women. I don't blame. It is. It's. It's. Yeah. It is, and it isn't because very often, and if you even look at how this sex is, be is interesting no but just how sex is per- women are always for we are the pleasure of men we are the ones to be sexy we are the ones to be conquered oh i mean i'm just saying that there is this whole societal i'm going to just be honest with you right now men are more into pleasing women big time it depends on your age group maybe depends on where you're at but i'm not finding this at all anywhere in the last 10 we, years we were not Talking about I'm your just saying, oral sex life, Julia. No, but I'm just I was saying, trying to give a Dr. Bargini thing, and now you're being embarrassing. I'm not and embarrassing. Sharing and not sharing at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> so we're all confused about what's going on. No, I just think it's on women. You got to speak up for what you want. We're going to go. We're is, very, that, is that the we're, wrong answer? No, no. We just don't have time. And I can't look at you one more second without not. Being able to stop laughing. <laughs> Goodbye. I don't know if I can tell the story or not. Don't, Lori. Lori, don't. Just don't. Well, now you have to. No. <laughs> We're being too silly. To... No. No, 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 no. Well, no. I was explaining no. to Julia no. that you were missing my point, though, about the orgasm gap. You were trying to make it be personal to you, which is just we couldn't, we weren't talking about. Are you you and your experience, because women usually f- feel more comfortable about what they know sexually as the, as like, they it, age. No, as but I would like say you. like uh, like late twenties, early thirties, or if you were you know an early you know like you got going and then got going a lot you know maybe like by twenty five. Like right? <laughs> Not everyone was a hussy like you. <laughs> But, you know, experience makes you know what you want. 
Yes. But everyone with their, a lot of times with oh, first Wanda love. Wisdom with, over there. Well, but first love, it's either like, I can't wait to get rid of my virginity or I want to be in love with somebody and have it, have it be romantic. And then for a period of time, you think you'll be with that person forever because oxytocin the first time around is pretty heady. And then once you figure out what you like, then, then to Julia's point, you got to ask for yes, what you want. Yes. In yeah. fact, be bossy about it is my experience. You know, make, you know, order people around. They like it. <laughs> I'm just done. I, can we just stop? Let's just stop with this conversation. But Julia, I mean, you know that for I a fact. Totally you know, know that. This. Yes. Okay, so just a couple things that we did not get to today that I think we should. Okay. Is in all of the little, you know, the Ellen stories that were coming out, you know, uh, Leah Thompson from Back to the Future um, answered Brad Garrett when he said that Ellen, everyone knew, knows she's mean. And she right. said she spoke like she was in a medieval show. True story it is. True story, period. It is, period. You know, doesn't that seem kind yes. of medieval speak? Yes. I vow it. It is true. <laughs> true story. It is. Mm-hmm. And um, anyway, then that, so. As opposed to true dad. True dad. <laughs> she didn't say that because she's Leah Thompson. That's you know, right. And, and, uh, and she left that, you know, tweet up, but not really anything. But one of the stories when the son came out and said, um, you know, oh, maybe James Corden will replace her. Well, like, Why he's would at he CBS. do that? Why? He's at yeah. CBS and, like Holly said, late night. This Ellen show is a, its own I entity. I think she doesn't want to do it anymore. She has a contract yes, to do it. I don't know that the show is as profitable because they pay her so much. Right. And they pay her because everyone thinks she's a great and kind, happy, dancing, elf-like person. Of a personnel, and we've come to find out she's a mean biatch, and only if she likes you is she nice to you. And if you're one of the little people in her life, which is like everybody on her show, she's mean. I mean, these are these are not things that will make people love you universally at the end of the day, Julia. But one of the things with the James Corden... <laughs> so did, with this guy. But the story, I mean, did you guys ever hear any things that... <laughs> that James is kind of an Ellen. Oh yes, yeah. we totally heard this six mm-hmm. months ago, a year ago, and he apologized. He totally is. That he's an he a too. He has a horrible reputation. That and he's he came, he's, he's horrible to it. staff. Yes. He's horrible to waiters, fans. Yes. And, well, all right. So he's that was just a made up thing, maybe for the son to get it out there. Uh, you know that James is that. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe, but we already knew that about him, and he even addressed it. He even kind of said, "You know, I, I've been, I've been di- kind of a dink, a dink." Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Should I tell you some other stuff? You can. If you I'm want. worried too. Seth Rogen. Oh, here's a good thing. What will come out of here's a good thing. So, do you guys ever watch Below Deck here and there? Ever? What is that? Below Deck. Bravo. Oh, oh, Bravo. Oh, I, I have caught it a couple times. Okay, so Seth Rogen, let it be known, he's promoting a, a movie that's coming out on Thursday called An American Pickle. I think it's going to be on HBO Max. Yeah. What is it about? He plays a 1920s immigrant in America, and his own great-grandson, his character falls in a pickle vat and is brined and preserved for 100 <laughs> like years. That's happening Which to me. is how he gets to meet his same-age great-grandson. <laughs> this is the... This what sounds, an idea. This is, but you know what? Pineapple Express. Right. Well, this is so Seth Rogen. Movie. Right. I mean, I want to watch this. He said that they would never do um, a... a 
second movie of Pineapple Express. Because it was so naughty? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Anyway, but it's a, I'll watch it for sure. Are you kidding me? That kind of sounds You fall wacky. into a pickle vat for 100 years and you meet your great-grandson. Y- yeah, it's like big meets big. <laughs> or stone meets stone. Yeah, or yeah. whatever. Oh, God. Something. It's something. I can't think of it. Yeah. Anyway, he said that Bravo, people who go you know, on Bravo Below Deck, the people who are up top, yeah. They pay like forty thousand dollars to, to be, be there while it's filming. Yes, to oh. be paid to look like an a hole. Because basically, would you any, why? Because I guess it's a deal on those big mega yachts. They're normally like a hundred grand for a week. Oh, okay. So it's a it's a, it's a bargain. Right. You can be made to look like an a hole. So right. if you're someone out there who's got forty thousand and you've wondered. Yeah, he. Seth if you Rogen, wonder if your SpaceX seat is going to be doing available. the press, he goes. They keep asking me to be on that show. It'd Bravo. be hysterical. I know it. It would be his. He'd be perfect. Perfect. You can see because why they it, keep bugging him. I can see why totally. But he goes. I don't want to pay forty thousand. I can't believe they wouldn't just give it to him for free. I don't even think that's it, though. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Lori, for all the wisdom. Thank you Wanda. for all the wisdom shared back. <laughs> and Holly, you too. Holly, Namaste, everybody. <laughs> this holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup. So you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.